my God, the temples of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him out. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be one alone? But one will be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This passage is talking about two people. But at the end, it closes with a threefold cord. Not quickly broken. There's a third chain. He's the third chain. He binds us together. He holds us together. He strengthens us in unity. you into this You bind everyone together in this room. You hold us together. You hold us in place. As we learn to listen to you and submit to your voice, we give you all of us. We lay down our desires, our wants. We lay everything down at the foot of the cross. And we just submit to you. Father, let us be bound together as one church. Let us be bound by your presence, by your spirit. You lead, will follow. Father, I pray for everyone in this room right here, right now, that we would just be open to what you want to say, how you want to move, and what you want to do in this place today. sorry for the moments that I don't listen. I'm sorry for the moments I don't obey right away. Father, this is just a moment of repentance also where we can come back to you. Father, we just repent. And we turn from disobedience into obedience. We turn from the curse into the blessing. We walk with you in this moment because you're a good father. You protect us. You provide for us. You're worthy. pray that you break off the religious mindset. What Brandon was speaking about, when those people first heard, there was a religious spirit at work in the room, and they weren't ready yet to receive the Holy Spirit who dwelled within you. Who dripped upon the words you spoke. Every word you spoke dripped with the presence of your Holy Spirit. And that same Spirit fills us today. And Father, we just pray that we would have ears to hear. That our hearts would be able to receive what you have for us in this moment. That we want to miss a moment with you. A moment that you want to speak to us. A moment that you want to do something. A moment that you want to break off the religious spirit. That tries to pose as you. That tries to look like you. That tries to mimic what you do. 
they would be pure and genuine, that they would be from you. Father, we just submit all of our lives, everything we are, to you, to your word, that we be guided by you in this moment. No other spirit than your Holy Spirit is welcome here in this place. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's lots of places I want to look today. There's lots of passages I want to go through. There's just so many things I feel like He's leading and guiding us on as a church. We've been in this season talking about what it means to be planted. And as we're being planted, there's a there's a unity in this season that's growing. He wants to unify us, just like what we read from Ecclesiastes. Look at that again. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Two are better than one. He said it all the way back in the garden. And he said it's not good for man to be alone. And so he made man a helper. To be in community. To be fruitful and multiply. That was one of his earliest commands. Be fruitful and multiply. It's better to not be alone. We live in a world now where we kind of we we look at marriage and, and, and the world. What does the world want to do? The, the devil. What's he want to do? He does not want you to be fruitful and multiply. He wants to cut off the seed that God planted all the way back in the garden when He created man and He created woman and He told them to be fruitful and multiply. The devil wanted to distort and destroy the seed. God was planting something. He was creating something. He was building and cultivating something in that garden. And the devil wanted to cut it off. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy what God creates. And so now we hear this a lot. We hear these lies from the devil. But we just, we say, no, 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 that, that's just the news. Or that's, you know, that's, we, we got today. We got scientists saying because of global warming, uh, we've got the experts coming out and telling us, no, 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 you shouldn't have kids. It, it's selfish. Because the world, we're consuming too many resources. God's the creator of everything. That's a lie from the devil. He's created more than enough to sustain the creation and to sustain the creation being fruitful and continuing to multiply. So don't believe the devil when he says, oh, global warming, you shouldn't be multiplying. No, no, no. Children are a blessing to the Lord. So we don't fall into that line and say, oh, it's selfish to, to do that or, or to have kids in this world. No, how could you do that? No, no, how could we not? It's a commandment from the Lord. Be fruitful and multiply. Within the covenant of marriage, it's a beautiful thing. That's everything. He wants to always distort what God has given as a gift. And so what's he done? He's distorting marriage. And he said, no, 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 sex without covenant is bad. No, no, no. You, you can have the pleasure, but not have the commitment. And he's convinced us in this world that that's a better thing. But that's a lie. When you start to look at the percentages of those who end up in prison or those who end up in poverty, a majority of them come from a place and from a home where they took and they chose a different route outside of God's plan. For marriage and for family. The devil loves that. Revival is going back 
what he called us to. All the way back to what he called us to, even in the garden. To honor him, to worship him, to praise him, to spend time with him, to walk with him. And to do the things he commands. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. We don't actually believe that because now we look at this and we say, no, you're better off alone. You're better off not being married. In fact, you're better off not having kids. Don't do that. Because then you can gain more. You can earn more. You can get more of what the world has to offer. Every time you try to keep filling up your cup with what the world has to offer, let me tell you something. The devil is right there at the bottom of your cup and he's poking holes in it. I mean, he's poking holes in it all the time. And it's just draining out. Everything you keep trying to grab and you keep trying to hold on to in this world, I'm telling you, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You might think you're gaining the whole world, but you're losing your soul. You're losing more than what you're gaining. When you try to do it his way, when you try to do it the world's way, what the world says is best. And that's why we go back to the word. In every area of life, we just keep going back to the word and what does God say? What does he say in his word? Marriage is a gift. Sex is a gift. They go together. This is a this isn't a rebuke for anyone in the room right now. This is just a this is a warning for you. Here's what God's word says. Because I, I believe somewhere along the way, churches got really we began to have a hard time having a hard time with church. Because we were more concerned with the number of people we were gaining than what God wanted to do in, in people's hearts. And so I, I'm telling you today, I don't know where you are, what is going on in your life. I don't know if you're married, I don't know if you're single, I don't know if you're gay. I, I don't know where you're at, but God knows where you're at right here, right now. And if you're having any kind of sexual relationship outside of marriage between you and your wife, husband and wife, which by the way, that's everything Jesus lays out and he defines. Marriage is between one man and one woman. That's another thing that he has come to try and steal and distort in our world. And if you struggle with homosexuality, God is so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Because he wants to show you something. He wants to show you there's a better way. He does. Because he cares about you and he loves you. And what the enemy does, has done is the enemy has come in to deceive and to distort and destroy. So wherever you're at, maybe you're in a dating relationship right now, and you're thinking, you know, it's okay. We're probably going to be married. We're most of going to be married. No, no, no. Until you are in the covenant of marriage, just wait. Now, if you, you know, if you both love the Lord and you love each other, do a short engagement, all right? Like, come on, we support that, all right? You know, I'll, I'll, do, your, I'll do your wedding. I, give me a month warning, like, that's okay. Give me a week warning, I'll, I'll do it. As long as you're doing it the right way, because we want you to be blessed and not cursed. We want you to raise a family that's blessed and not cursed. We want you to raise up kids that know the Lord and that know that their mom and dad chose to love the Lord before they chose to love themselves. Before they chose to serve themselves. Because we live in a world that says, no, 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 you just do you, do what you want to do, love yourself, treat yourself. 
No, no, no. When you treat yourself, you're treating the devil to do exactly what he wants you to do. That's what you're doing. Treat yourself as a lie from the devil. Self-care, all that stuff. Like, don't get caught up in some of that stuff. And thinking like, oh, I just need to look out for me. I need to do what's best for me. No, no, Do what the Word says is best. Because He knows best. Because He's the Creator. And He gave us an instruction manual. That's what He did. Have you ever tried to, have you ever bought like a, uh, some kind of like, I don't know, anything, like a shelf or a, a toy for your kids or something? I just, I, I naturally think of toys for kids because I, my grand, or my kids' grandparents give them tons of toys at Christmas. And most of them I have to build. Like, if I try to build these things, like without using the instruction manual, you know how messed up they get? You know how improperly they, they don't function, they don't work right. That's the same thing for us as humans. He created us, and he gave us a manual, and he said, this is just the best way to live. This is the best way to go throughout life. And if you would just trust me, if you would just follow me, if you would just live it out how I laid it out for you, I've got something better for you. But instead, we could say, mm, I don't need the instructions. This guy over here, he's an expert, or this guy over here, he's an expert, or he's a scientist, or whatever. You know what? I'll just listen to the experts. I'll listen to the scientists. No, listen to the word. Because he knows more. He's the author of life. He knows how things function best and how things function properly. And so just submit yourselves to him and get planted under his authority and begin to learn to love and trust what he says even when your flesh doesn't agree with it even when your mind doesn't agree with it just know in your spirit what he's saying and you'll know for sure you need to follow his voice and not your own we are soul we are spirit we are flesh we're three parts you are capable when you are filled with his holy spirit you are capable of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're capable of that. Every human. We are filled with the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And He still speaks and He's still active today. And so I'm telling you right here, right now, you're going to know. You, your conscience will bear witness against you. When you're beginning to stray to the right or to the left, and you're going outside of what His Word has prescribed, let me tell you something. God's not up there waiting to punish you and like just like, oh, I can't wait to get you. I can't wait it. I can't wait till you fall. I can't wait till you trip up. I can't wait till you run around. God doesn't want to punish you. What we do when we go outside of His Word, when we go outside of the manual for life, we're punishing ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves. But if we would just follow His Word, if we would follow His instructions, there is a natural flow of blessing that occurs. We can walk in the blessing. And not the curse. He does not want the curse for you. He does not want to punish you. That's why he sent Jesus to die for us. By his stripes we are healed. He loves you. He cares for you. Some of you, you're here today. And you come out of a relationship of brokenness, and you know what I'm saying is true. And there's a lot of hurt, and there's a lot of pain, and there's a lot of guilt, and there's a lot of shame. Guilt and shame are not from the enemy. Conviction, or guilt and shame are from the enemy. Conviction is from the Lord. And so, 
Put guilt and shame to the side today. Now, if you're still feeling convicted on something, if you're feeling like, man, I, I need to go back and repent for something, repent. Repent to the Lord. Or maybe it's somebody you harmed in a relationship in the past. And, and you know, he's putting on you right now. You, you need to repent for your part in that. And no matter what you might think in every relationship where you think that, like, that person was 100% wrong, nobody is ever 100% right in any conflict. There was some part that you need to repent for also. And you need to release and forgive that person. Because if you're still holding on to pain and bitterness, if you're still holding on and just hoping, like, man, I, I just want to see their life turn into a wreck. I want to see their life get flipped upside down. I, I just want to see, you know, just twice the pain that I've experienced upon their head. If you're still holding on to that, you're not free. That's an open door for the devil in your life. Bitterness is a door for the devil. Close that door and release that person. Let that person off the hook today. Just release them. Just, just pray a prayer of release today. Just say, Father God, I, I just let them off the hook the same way you let me off the hook. Father God, I release them the same way you released me on the cross. Because we've been released. We were let off the hook on the cross. But the devil keeps trying to hold us up on that hook. He keeps trying to get us to, to, to believe. He's trying to convince us that you're still on that hook and you still owe something and you still got to pay something. No, no, no. We don't walk in obedience because we owe anything. We walk in obedience now because we love him and because we've been free, because we've been set free. And he's a good father that knows a better way than how we keep trying to walk in this world by listening to everyone else around us instead of listening to him. Begin to listen to his voice today. No matter where you are, Relationship, single, dating, married. He wants to bless you today. But he can't bless you if you keep doing it your way instead of his way. He can't. It goes against his very nature. He's God. He created and established law and rules. And so when you break them, when you go against them, it opens you up. It opens you up to an attack from the enemy. And the enemy is a legalist. The enemy is the best lawyer that's ever lived. I'm telling you, he will find any loophole into your life that he can. And so if you step outside of the law, you break the law. Let me tell you something. You are still saved. Because guess what? We're saved by the cross. What Jesus did on the cross, it's already done. Your salvation, he can't take it from you. But when you step into disobedience, you open yourselves up to the greatest lawyer that's ever lived, and he's looking for illegal access points into your life. And that's why we practice repentance as a church. Repentance is at the heart of revival. You feel that? That's the Holy Spirit right there. He's coming into the room for some of us. <laughs> he's here. Repentance is at the heart of revival. When you practice repentance, it closes that door of disobedience. It closes off access. Where the enemy had an open door, it closes the door again. You slam the door in the enemy's face in the name of Jesus. That's what you do when you repent. When you acknowledge your sin, when you acknowledge your ways were wrong, and that you went against his word, 
What you're doing is you're closing off access, and he has zero authority over that area of your life anymore. That's what repentance does. It closes the door to the enemy. That's why we have a ministry team. We, we have a ministry team that meets at the end of service, right up here on the right and to the left. Because that's just a chance for us. You, you can repent to the Lord. You can sit there by yourself. But also there is power in going and confessing to another believer. There is power and freedom in confession and repentance. And so we close doors so the enemy can't have access anymore. And so for some of you, if that's you today, do that at the end of service. When you have a chance at the end of service today, don't wait, don't hesitate. The enemy wants you to sit there and jump and chain and be like, no, no, you're the only one with problems, you're the only one struggling. No, everyone is struggling. Everyone in this room is struggling, I'm telling you. Everyone is fighting against the enemy. Everyone is being thrown. We're, we're getting temptation thrown at us left and right, 24-7 throughout the week. If you carry a smartphone, there's temptation thrown at you 24-7 throughout the week. If you work with people, there's temptation to sin 24-7 throughout the week. But I'm telling you, there is power and freedom in confession and repentance. And it is a gift from the Lord. Repentance is not, it's not an ugly word. It's the most beautiful word in the Bible. When Jesus began to tell people, just, just repent. All he was saying was, you're going this way, just turn back. And, and walk with me this way, because I'm going this direction, and it's better. And I'm with you. And you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to walk on your own anymore. And guess what? The devil, he can't walk this direction. When you're walking with me, he has zero access. He can try to throw temptation at you. He can try to throw it out there and try to get you looking back. But if you'll just keep your eyes on me, if you'll just keep walking with me and listen to my voice, and I'll guide you. I'll tell you when to go right. I'll tell you when to go left. I'll tell you when to keep going straight on this path. I will guide your steps. My word is a light upon your path. It's a lamp upon my feet. Let it be. Repentance is beautiful. Repentance is beautiful in marriage. There's some couples today in here. You need to understand this. Repentance is beautiful. If you're married today, and, and you're on the drive home, or you have a moment later today, you know what you do. I, I, I don't care if you're the husband or you're the wife. I, I, I don't care if you're the one that feels like you've been wrong. What did I already say? Nobody is 100% right. You need to give your spouse today freedom to repent. But it starts with you being bold. It starts with you making the choice to say, I need to repent also. It starts with a conversation and just saying, listen, I, I don't want any secrets between us. I, I don't want any secrets, I don't want any shame, I don't want any guilt at the middle of our marriage anymore because I want to walk in unity. I want to walk with the Holy Spirit as a couple, together, united. Have that conversation with your spouse today. Vulnerability breeds intimacy. If you feel like there's some kind of block right now, if you feel like there's some kind of wall between you, I'm telling you, Put down your pride and just take up vulnerability. Own your part in it. Own your sin. Own the way you hurt that other person. And say, listen, I, I know. I know how I hurt. But I believe that the Holy Spirit, what, what 
the Holy Spirit always doing? He's always working us towards unity. So if you feel something in you and you're just you're mad, you're angry, and you're like, you know, and you kind of feel like, you know, I just need to talk to my girlfriend about my husband, about all the problems like that. Let me tell you something, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit is telling you right now, no, 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 you need to go and talk to him. You don't need to go and talk about him. You don't need to go and complain about him. No, no, you need to go have a conversation with him. Or you need to go and have a conversation with her. You need to quit hiding. You need to quit getting numb, whether it's through alcohol or whether it's through TV or whether it's through sports or whatever it is you're doing to get numb and not deal with what's going on in your relationship. You need to quit and walk away from that right now, or you need to go have a conversation with her. And say, I'll go. I sin. I hurt you. But I want to be close to you. In Ephesians, Paul says there should not be even a hint of sexual immorality among us. And so, man, this is another area. You might think, oh, I haven't cheated on my wife. Let me tell you something. Pornography is a hint of sexual immorality. Once again, this is not to shame you. This is to say, let there be no secrets. Live life with no secrets. That's the most free thing you can begin to choose today. When you begin to choose to say, I'm going to live life with no secrets, and I'm going to have this conversation with the person I am closest to, and I'm going to tell her, like, I've been struggling. I've been struggling, and I don't know how to deal with it. And I just need you to know, because I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. Husbands, have that conversation today. It will free you in a new way that you didn't know you could experience. It will. He wants to free you up today. Wives, give your husbands permission to admit that they've sinned and that they've hurt you. Don't hold it against them. Don't hold it over their heads. That's not the Holy Spirit. Don't keep bringing up their sin over and over after they've confessed it and repented. Because guess what? At the cross, it's done and it's dealt with. So why do you have to do the same? To be like Christ. And it's saying it's over, it's done, it's done with, we're going to walk through this together. That's one of the most free things, one of the most free conversations you can have. I still remember reading that in this book, Sultan, by Rob Lyon, where he said that line, I want to live life with no secrets. I remember reading that and just getting a hit. Just like the Holy Spirit just saying, listen, you think like just because your secrets are kind of small compared to other people's secrets, like it's not that big of a deal. He said, that's a religious spirit because you're comparing your sin to others. Anytime you start comparing your sin to others, guess what? It's still sin. And so whether you looked or whether you actually did the act and committed adultery, it doesn't matter. It's still sin, and it still hurts the heart of our Lord. I remember getting hit with that and having that conversation with Steph and just saying, listen, I'm sorry. Like, I, I just didn't think some of these things were a big deal. I didn't think it was, I just thought, like, everyone does it. It's normal. And I thought, oh, I just excused it away. I said, it doesn't, it doesn't happen very often that I'm tempted in that way or that I have those thoughts. But there's still sin. And I'm sorry I hurt you that way. That's how you freed me up in a way I never thought was possible. 
Because once you bring it out into the light, it doesn't have control over you anymore. But if you continue to hold it in the darkness and try to deal with it yourself, you'll be dealing with it yourself the rest of your life. And you'll never experience the freedom he has for you. Confession and repentance. It's the most powerful thing you can bring into your marriage today. It will bind you together. It's going to feel like one of the scariest things because you're afraid that if I, if I do this, if I say this, if I admit that I've fallen, or if I admit that I'm weak, they're going to think less of me? No. You're human. But the more we practice confession and repentance, the greater the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us and begins to build us up and strengthen us, and the less the enemy has access to us, and so, yes, you might be human, but as you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, He begins to empower and strengthen you in a way that you never thought was possible. And so the same sins that tripped you up before, the same things that devil used to get you with, they don't work like they used to anymore. Because He strengthens and builds you up as you are unified with His Spirit. Walk with Him. Talk with Him. See how He moves. Acts 18, verse 2. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife to church. Because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came. So, because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. So, by occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Acts 18 18. So, Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and he sailed to Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Centraea, for he had taken a vow. Acts 18, verse 24. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, he came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he had desired to cross Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Romans 16, verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles likewise greet the church that is in their house. First Corinthians 16, verse 19 through 20. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet, greet you. Second Timothy 4, verse 19. Greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesimus. 
time Paul mentions them, or Luke mentions them in Scripture, Priscilla and Aquila, they're joined together, they're one. For the two became one flesh. I'm telling you something. Something early on that the Holy Spirit began to reveal and teach us in this house of revival. That's what this is. This is a house of revival. He's showing us there's a Priscilla and Aquila anointing on this house. I came out of a place where ministry, what, what was done, how you did ministry? If you were on staff, you were a minister, you were a pastor. If you were a spouse of one of those pastors, that's fine, that's great. That was just kind of good. That was all I knew of ministry growing up. In fact, most of the ministry growing up in my time in the 90s especially, really it was only men that we saw serving in the church. We didn't see a lot of women. But we definitely didn't see a lot of men and women serving together. Sometimes it was one or the other, hardly ever both. But something he put on my heart and my wife's heart early on in this church was that he was calling us to do this together. Which is a hard thing for us to learn and to understand because this wasn't the background we came out of. But he keeps bringing me back to Priscilla and Aquila. And he keeps bringing me back to these early days of the church and saying, look at the blueprint. Look at what I set up. Look at what I designed early on. Men and women, husbands and wives, need to learn how to walk in unity together and in the calling I've placed on their lives, the calling I've given them. That's in this house. It's something he's growing within us. Teaching husbands and wives to walk together in unity and marriage and unity of ministry, and unity of calling. And we just see this model in the lives of Priscilla and Aquila. something we're believing for and we're just we're praying for as we go forward into this next season. I believe God has some incredible things ahead for this church. There's things happening here in this house that we, we've already seen him move and do things that some of us maybe we thought never we would see or witness in our lives and we might never think it would even be possible. But I believe that there's more ahead. But for us to move forward in what he has for us, this is kind of that final battle, I feel like, against the religious spirit that we need to take down. Because the religious spirit hates women in ministry. The religious spirit wants to see women in ministry silenced. The religious spirit wants to see women sidelined. But the Holy Spirit wants to see men and women working in unity together, the way he designed them to work together. So I'm just challenging us as a church. Let's begin to look at the word and begin to see what it says. 
Begin to take a look at what he has for us as we move forward in this next season. If you're married, if you're a husband, I'm telling you something right now. If you and your wife, you've you, you given your life to Jesus, you've confessed him as Lord and Savior, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. She does not have a junior Holy Spirit within her. She does not have a second tier Holy Spirit within her. She has the same Holy Spirit within her that dwells within you. The same Holy Spirit that dwells within Christ. And he wants to teach us in marriage and in unity as we walk forward in this covenant. He wants to teach us how to learn to discern the Holy Spirit's voice together. How to have these conversations. That's the Priscilla and Aquila and Norton. To walk forward in unity. Bound together by that third core, that third strength. The religious spirit wants to silence that other half. I one time heard it explained like this, if you you have these two circles and they intersect and there's that little middle area, I know there's a math term for that. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Two circles. There's like the middle guy and there's like, hey, these are the intersection points. There's all these little dots, all these little points where the Holy Spirit is speaking to us as individuals. But then there's this middle area as a husband and wife if you're in the covenant of marriage where you need to learn how to listen and discern what is the Holy Spirit speaking and how do we move forward in unity together. And you've got to find that place and see what he's speaking and what he's saying to you. And you discern that together. You discern his voice and you listen together. And you don't just say, hey, listen, it's my way and that's it. No, no, no. Again, the husband is the head of the wife. That's established. But you learn how to walk in unity together and to build each other up, to encourage each other, to be bound together by that third strength. That's what we're learning in this season. And I'm just believing that there's a new sense and strength of unity that's being built up in this church. As couples are unified and strengthened and learning to walk together by his voice, it's going to strengthen the church as a whole. And then for those of you right now, you're single and you're like, great, this is like a love message for married couples. No, let me tell you something. You're one of the greatest seasons of your life. Like, like Paul told you, Paul said it. You know, he said, this is my word. But hey, it's better. If you can be single and do ministry, it's better. If you can be like me, and now he admits, it's not everyone's gift to be single and to do ministry. But if you can, do it. Because this can be one of the most productive seasons of your life. Every season, remember, it's a blessing from the Lord. Whether it's single, whether it's dating, whether it's in marriage, as long as you're following him and you're being obedient to what his word says, every season is a blessing from the Lord. And he wants to use you in that season. Continue to follow him and listen to his voice in that season. Worship team, I'm going to you guys up to get ready to close out here. Says, Paul says here in Romans 16, Greek Priscilla and Aquila 
my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. He didn't say, greet Aquila, my fellow worker in Christ Jesus, and then say hi to Priscilla for me. No, no, no. They were both his fellow workers in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 19, the churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. They hosted and led a church. Acts 18. Verse 26. This is when they meet Apollos. Apollos, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. They did ministry together. They did it in tandem. They did it using their gifts. They taught together. They led together. They built the church together. They were fellow workers in Christ Jesus together. So revival, as we move forward in this next season, unified and as one in this house, I need you to understand, this is a house where men and women are being called to work and walk together in the Lord. To learn to walk and move together in the unity of the Holy Spirit. To use their gifts that he's given us to build the church. Not to destroy the church, not to tear the church down, not to pull the church apart. I know this because you can teach the sapphire this week. She had a hard time believing this from the very beginning. Because there's a lot of that old mindset still there. There's a lot of those things that were said a long time ago. Or there was an example said a long time ago that we saw or we believed. Oh, that's the only way to do ministry. And it has to look like this. And it can only be like this. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is revealing and he's showing us in his word. It doesn't have to look like the way the world has chosen to do. Because once again, we don't model ourselves after other churches. We don't model ourselves after what we see in the world, after what we see these other churches doing that's successful and it's working. It's like, oh, that, that's, that seems like it's working for them. We should do it. No, no. We model ourselves after what the Word says. And the Word shows us this example of Priscilla and Aquila being called to walk in unity together. And so in this season, we can show us that now what that looks like to walk in unity together, to shepherd together. To walk people through together. To teach together. And to listen to his voice together. And to discern together. Two cords bound by the third chain. If you're tired today, if you're in a marriage and you feel like, man, like things have been hard, things have been difficult, if you need prayer today, 
Minister King, you can head to the side over here. You can head to the side over here. I'll be down here also. If you just need prayer today, if you just need some time to just confess and repent today, if you, if you just, if you've been going one direction and you're tired of trying to do this direction and you want to go his way, don't leave today. Don't leave this room without taking that step forward. Without taking that step forward and saying, no, 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 I want us to be unified as we go forward out of here, out of this place. I'm going to ask Brandon and Jess, Brandon is one of our elders here, Jess, is, she serves in so many different areas. Would you guys just come over here for ministry time also? If there's any couples that are just, man, if you need prayer today during ministry time, and you can go to Brandon and Jess. You can go to, you can come find me or staff or come find one of those other leaders within the room. Um, it just, God is going to move. I believe that. He's already moving in this room. There's just, there, there's something happening here today where he's going to bind couples together by that third strand today. And he's going to move couples forward in power and in unity like they've never moved before. There's just going to be a breaking off of every wall that has been blocking couples today, that wall is getting broken right now by the name of Jesus. And people are moving forward and out of this room and into their lives together, into what God has called them together, into a new place of being strengthened and fortified. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray right now. Any resistance we feel towards moving, Father God, we just pray for the resistance to break right now. In the name of your Son, Jesus. All pride leaves. Religious spirit leaves. Father, bind this church together by your spirit. Bind this church together in unity. God, I pray for marriages to be restored. For marriages to be empowered. For couples to be filled with your spirit, with your presence. They walk forward in unity and the calling you have to be. To walk forward in that Priscilla and Aquila anointing. To live out the great commission. To seek and save the lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.